This week's Moot podcast was recorded on the second Sunday of Easter on April the 11th, 2010. Here Ian Mobsby explores the themes of shalom, hope and fear. Peace, fear and shalom. Today's scripture reading begins in the palpable fear of the disciples. Peter, John and James, amongst the other disciples, were not convinced of the truths experienced by the women. We must remember that the Christian faith began with the experiences of the women at the resurrection. Even the empty tomb itself confused almost everyone who looked inside. Where's the body? Who took it? What is going on? They asked the same questions we face 2,000 years later. In reality, it was the post-resurrection experiences of Jesus that turned sceptics into believers. The experiences of encountering the resurrected Jesus continued for days and to hundreds of people. There's something about death that is so final. It is not the facts of the story of Jesus' death and resurrection that convince people in the New Testament of the Christian Bible. It is rather the encounter with the divine that changes hearts. In our reading for today, it is exactly that encounter, knowing God through direct experience, that turns Thomas's heart from doubt to faith. In the Gospel text, Jesus says one word three different times. Peace. Shalom. Peace is the greatest greeting of the Jewish culture. It means hello, goodbye, I love you, you are my friend. In the context of Holy Week, it certainly means relax, God is in control. Shalom names the purposes of God's love, to restore all things back into restored relationship with the divine. It names a hopeful mystery that in the complexity of life and all the tough things that come our way, there is a benevolent loving God at the heart of it. Jesus is telling his friends to lift up their heads, to smile and experience that he is the truth they seek. Even the brutality of beatings, the crown of thorns, the naked travesty of the cross, the slandering of powerful leaders have no power to take away the shalom of God. To bring peace into that room of the disciples is to bring back their very faith, turning fear to hope. Jesus Jesus did not ask them for revenge or war. He stated again and again that his mission was to bring the peace of the Creator into a world wrestling with selfishness, brokenness and violence. Peace and love, then, is the answer to violence and fear. Jesus is especially talking about the locked door and the fear of the disciples. Let us not overlook the facts of the situation. The disciples had locked themselves in because they had forgotten the peace and were gripped by fear. The three years they were the apprentices of Jesus as they followed him as a rabbi. They followed with courage through the temptations, the healings, the miracles, the debates with those same powerful leaders that will kill Christ. Not only did they follow him, but they were active participants in that very same work of mission. But with Jesus dead, their courage was dead as well. They locked themselves in, replacing peace with fear. Jesus has returned, and his first desire is for them to restore the shalom. So he tells them to unlock the door because he is sending them out to express love to the whole world. No more hiding in that room. No more hiding in our churches. No more hiding in gated neighbourhoods. Open the door and bring resurrection peace to a world that so desperately needs it. 
What's the key to giving that peace? The love of God and forgiveness. What an amazing task God gives to us. Forgiveness, then, is the vehicle of a divine peace that liberates people, transforms people. This shalom, then, of the Jews becomes the kingdom of God of Christ, which we are called to participate in, attempting to catch up with God's restorative and loving purposes. Thomas wasn't there. Thomas didn't see or touch anything yet. His initial refusal to believe has been given the label Doubting Thomas. Fair enough, I suppose, because each of the disciples had their own moments of doubt. Each of them asked where the body had been taken. But Jesus was patient with all of them, and he shared the same peace with Thomas. See the wounds. Touch the wounds. Feel the wounds, if you must. But we need to unlock the doors and take the same for forgiveness to everyone. So Thomas himself is moved from doubt through fear to hope and the peace of God. I have personally always taken great comfort in doubting Thomas. He is, I would say, the patron saint of the emerging church. He expresses our shared struggle of humanity. Most of us, if we are honest with ourselves, would have felt the same way. I take great comfort in knowing that someone demanded to see and touch, even with God being present, because I would have wanted to do the same thing too. Resurrection, then, is the evidence that God keeps promises and that death has lost its power. The grave is no longer condemnation of a permanent ending. It is that physical evidence that allows Thomas to respond instantly, my Lord and my God. Perhaps we need to stop calling him Doubting Thomas and start calling him honest to Thomas. Jesus didn't leave his disciples with empty religion standing at the root foot of the cross. Instead, he rose from the dead, and that the penalty of death was restored to kingdom and life, and that shalom is at the heart of this new kingdom of God. Not only did Thomas confess the living Christ, he backed it up with the rest of his life. Just like Peter and Paul went to Greece and Rome, and Mark went to Egypt and Syria, Thomas made his way perhaps as far as India. The Syrian Orthodox tradition actually concedes that he went as far as India, and some say as far as China. So this passage has much to say about the distorting power of fear, and as we will explore next month, it erodes the self and destroys our own inner freedom. So for now, let's hold on to the sense of awe and hope that this text brings to us in a world facing ecological, social and economic tragedy. But where we are called to share hope, a hope that takes us to loving action, to a world that needs to hear it and it needs to experience it, and the act of all that may be good for the world and our planet. So in this way, Jesus' resurrection makes the Redeemer the cosmic Christ, turning fear to shalom and intransigence, to restorative action. So in a world that is lost in its own brokenness, the resurrection hope is vital to commission us to catch up with what God is already doing. Thank you for listening to this Moot podcast. For more information on Moot resources and activities, please go to the website at www.moot.uk.net.